Welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello. Welcome to Access Access All Areas, the podcast that designs to dive deep into this fantastic band, get the band in the Rock Hall of Fame, uh, enjoy yourselves along the way, and also, as today's podcast will be evidenced, highlight people who love the band and also, as it said at the start of the podcast, be at 98 we all rotate. It is episode 98, but one with the touch of sadness today. Yeah, it's very sad. Yes, touch of... Um sadness across the whole of the nation yeah well look we know we are a worldwide podcast we do go out to many countries around the world and um here in australia uh we've uh, unfortunately lost a, an icon in the cricketing industry but uh more than that a, a large and life figure in shane warne who um i guess as we'll touch upon uh, was great friends with in excess and uh, there's some parallels mm. we'll talk about today but um he unfortunately had a heart attack in Thailand on Friday uh, at 52, which is way too young. But this this particular person in Shane uh, sort of transcended cricket itself and uh, became a bit of a global sort of megastar in many areas. And, you know, even people uh, who, who do listen to us in America, we do know many of them do know of him because he was friends with Tiger Woods. He was engaged to Liz Hurley. He... Uh, he was probably known in those parts of the world more than his cricketing prowess. Well, that's why he's, he's been um, coined as the rock and roll cricketer, hasn't he? He has, yeah. You know, we'd like to be timely and maybe relevant with our podcast and uh, we have run certain, you know, podcast topics in the past that relate to, you know, what's going on. And, you know, we lost Chris Murphy uh, uh, roughly a, a year ago and we ran a podcast on that. You know, we ran uh, podcasts on more happy occasions like Valentine's Day and various cultural things along the way. But um, where I'm from, B in Melbourne and where you lived before, uh, we love our sport down here. And Shane, uh, you know, grew up in a place called Black Rock, which is only about two kilometres from where I live. And uh, across our city, he was sort of... Uh, you know, really our, 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 our true sort of, uh, I guess, iconic figure, both in sport and uh, commentary and media and, and everything that translated the game. Uh, you know, so much so, you know, when we go into his profile today and we draw some uh, in excess parallels and some, some, some relevance within excess and things, uh, hopefully if you don't know much about him, uh, you can at least help us heal a little bit in the greater world because, um, cricket, as you know, B, it's not a world sport in the sense it's played a lot in America and Canada and places, but in India, which is uh, it's a religion, uh, that country's in mourning. Uh, in Pakistan, that country's in mourning. And in England, where Shane was like his second home, that country's sort of in mourning a little bit too because uh, whether you love Shane, the cricketer, or the world character he was, what everybody agreed on, he was really entertaining. He was really refreshing uh, as a as a person who came along and sort of regenerated an art in the sport of cricket, which was leg spin bowling that was nearly sort of on its death leg. So, um, yeah, we just thought today we will do a lot of musical tie-ins. We'll do a lot of stuff that does relate to various crossovers within excess where there's been plenty of times the band, you know, we're in 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 uh, the change rooms, B. Uh, you might not know this, but uh, Tim, who, Tim Farris, who loves his cricket, and who we think we may be hearing from a little bit today on the podcast, uh, you know, was somebody that any time that the NXS were touring, I remember in Perth a few years back, uh, they were literally in the change rooms with the, with the, with the players 
yeah. and there's great footage we've got of Tim and Shane and the band and we've put it up on our socials and um, where there, there was a symbiotic relationship between both Shane, the, the you know, Steve War, who inducted the, the band into the Hall of Fame uh, and in excess. And we just, you know, we, we just thought we could sort of combine them a little bit today, you know, allow us to heal a little bit in sort of uh, sharing these uh, moments too. All right, B, but on a more upbeat level, this is the point of the uh, the weekly podcast where I'd like to ask you, how has your NXS week been? It's uh, We did five in a row last week, and uh, then we had a bit of a sort of a break in a way, but the wonderful thing about editing and launching it, uh, you know, for listeners, we haven't been long away from each other, but uh, in reality, I haven't seen you for over a week, so how you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a mar- marathon, wasn't yes. it? It was very, very fun um, getting all those out and been getting some great messages and back um, to say that they've enjoyed short episodes. Yeah. So perhaps you can keep start um, <laughs> making it a bit shorter. Well, B, mm. B was very insistent. She wanted to do eight podcasts last week. I, <laughs> I, 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 I did suggest five was probably going to be more in a wheelhouse. Is that right, B? <laughs> yes, yes. I was. Yes. Let let let's just say it won't happen too often. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, look, we we tried to celebrate five songs, and uh, we hope that the listeners who uh, were in any part of the world did enjoy that little part those little episodes there and uh maybe give us an idea to send a few more regular songs out b i I thought what might be a good idea is we may be able to get some of our patrons to maybe uh do their fan song deep dive and we could record some of that and put that out a little bit occasionally so sounds good so many great profile patrons that you know i've done the big profile piece on our newsletter Mm -hmm. it'd be great to hear Mm -hmm. them talk about their their favorite song so that might be something we revisit in the future oh yeah i like that and then we've also made it into a competition. So we'll announce that again later on in the show. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing I'd like to sort of try and do a little bit too, if you've only just encountered our podcast, and sometimes when we do a song deep dive, it does actually attract uh, passive listeners who are Google searching Spotify's and all that sort of stuff, if that makes sense. They may have just landed our podcast. Well, uh, or landed into our world. So uh, if you uh, are new to us and you are only listening for the first time today and maybe the Shane Warne sort of you know, search engine has allowed you to come and see us, we're 98 episodes in, as uh, Michael and Tricky said at the start there, at 98 we all rotate B. Uh, we've got our 100th episode coming up soon, but uh, we'd like Oof. we'd like to think we've got some great uh, library podcasts in the past that fans of this one can go back and check out. Yes, go back and enjoy. And where can they find us other than Spotify, B? You can find us on lots of different listening platforms. There is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Podbean. Podbean. Yeah, so friends, Poppy. All right, B, how's your NXS week been? Well, I've got something to tell you. I went up to the Gold Coast and I went to the Hard Rock Cafe and I went in and asked where the NXS memorabilia was. They have none. Well, I would dispute that because my Facebook profile has me standing out or crouching down out the front of the Hard Rock with the NXS thing on the on the pavement outside. But you're probably right. We need to get them inside, don't we? Yeah, just one poster of welcome to wherever you are. That was it. So there's no jackets, there's no guitars, there's nothing, just one poster on the wall. So I was a little bit upset by that. But while I was there, obviously had a few drinks at the bar and the 80s band came on that played at our first 
birthday party that we had oh, last year. Oh, okay. The one, same band. The one we couldn't band. stand up and clap. <laughs> exactly. Well, I could this time. So on a napkin, I wrote out and they kept saying, if you've got any requests, please keep them to yourselves. So I requested, can you please play in excess? And at the end, at, at the end, I said, we don't usually do this, but I think we're going to change <laughs> the set list. And I got up and I got everybody rocking to so don't change. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was really good fun. That sounds lovely. I think uh, I, mm-hmm. I, in the Melbourne Hard Rock Cafe years ago, that's no longer around. They used to have a in excess, listen like thieves platinum uh, celebration thing uh, in behind the glass cabinet, and from the record company. I think there was a line there by Tim saying, "Better they have it than, uh, or better you have it than they have it." In reference to the record company, maybe <laughs> um, uh, the cafe got access to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, trust you to get the crowd rocking there uh, in the hard rock and. Uh, you know, getting everybody going, which sounds uh, like it was a good time. And uh, yeah, it was. I guess uh, it would be uh, remiss of us also not to do a, a shout out to those in New South Wales and Queensland uh, at the moment who are doing it tough with our floods. Um, uh, we know around the world, Australia is always a place that is, they say, is a sunburned country and it's quite a harsh climate. Well, we have very extreme weather here. It can be either very, very hot and bushfirish or it can be very, very wet and floodish. And UB, I think, navigated the highway up there. But you, you yourself, I guess, best speak on this behalf. You had to see it live, I guess, some of these floods mm-hmm. and veered around mm-hmm. highways. Um, but big shout out to all the workers and all the families and all the people who have been doing it tough. Yeah, and and um, thanks to the army as well. Uh, there was massive um, patrols going down and, and loads of people helping, but it was very shocking to see the devastation that was left behind from these floods. So uh, if you're in that area, um, we're sending you lots of love and we do hope that um, you get your home sorted soon. Absolutely. All right, but as we alluded to, our patrons have allowed us the privilege of continuing this to the level we're at now, so we might just hope go over to you, Bea, and welcome them aboard for the week. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Hello to our honorary patrons, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Cameron Adams and Mary Woods. To our gorgeous patrons, Sue D, Joe Robbins, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camier, Dr. Jim, Katie, Felicia, Lisa Mack, Lisa Calloway, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, Leon, David, Tracy, Paul Jolie, Paul Boozy, Paul Boozy, Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Stefan, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, John, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Glenn, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Matthew, Leos, Lily, Jamie, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie, Michael, Nancy and Juliette. Thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. All right, B, what's the time for? It's time for the news. 
Hi, this is Sarah from Sydney. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas. And now it's time for the news. All right, B. Well, uh, in terms of uh, Chart Watch, uh, at our last uh, incarnation of mentioning where we were in the charts, they had gone, I think, up from 37 to 35. Now, bit of bad news. Uh, they've gone from 35 to uh, Gonski. Uh, it's what? Out, of, out of the top 50. So, listen, everybody, we don't know what's going on, but you've got to get out and start downloading because there's your 19th cousin, step fourth removed, hasn't got the <laughs> album, and uh, they're going to have to get onto it. But, uh, yes, that is the reality where it sits on March uh, the 7th, the weekend. Oh, it's a bit sad, Week ending or week starting. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Euphoria. Have you seen the TV show Euphoria, B? I haven't, but I've heard all these little posts about mm. it and everyone's very excited. So well, there are a couple of songs in there and apparently there's another mm. uh, three songs as well from In Excess added into the mix there. So uh, if anyone's a big Euphoria fan, maybe we can... Who's the director? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of... But he obviously likes In Excess, doesn't he? Well, could, the center could be, engineer could, does anyway. Could be a she. It's a very female-centric show. But uh, maybe it's a homework out there for our listeners. Tell us which are the five songs that are getting played in this series at the moment because I think there were two initially, Never Tear Us Apart being one of them, and then I think Mystify was the other we mentioned the other week. But um, I think on the actual In Excess website, they do mention there's more tracks. So um, Mm -hmm. we can uh, let people let us know. Um, Also, B, a big thank you to uh, patron of the podcast, Cameron Adams, did alert us to an article in The Guardian uh, yes. about 15 in excess songs that were sort of evaluated in there. Did you have a chance to read that article or open it all? Do you think I've had chance, Hayden? Yeah, because you, you've, you've got the lady of pleasure. <laughs> I've just done five, five hours drive up and down the blooming coast yeah. and I've been partying. No. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. Well, I haven't opened it myself, but I did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was subtly throwing to you. So, What's uh, your excuse? Oh, well, you know, just uh, you know, trying to solve the problems of the world. <laughs> okay, um, but it is something to look forward to reading because uh, it is quite an extended article. But uh, in the Guardian, uh, uh, it's fifteen in excess tracks. Um, I think it's something we may have sent to our patrons as well. But the wonders of Google search engines, uh, you can find it. Can I have a little bit of a chuckle about this bit of news with you, B? Go on. I love the fact that in excess cover bands around the world are recruiting at the moment. <laughs> I know, I noticed. Yes. <laughs> I noticed your post. Well, there's, a, what, is that, is it there's another what? one in uh, Orange <laughs> County, California, where they need a lead Ooh. guitarist and a, uh, who does backup vocals. And it's on that famous US site called Craigslist. So if you mm-hmm. are in the, uh, and I was thinking maybe we could send that to uh, Suzanne. Uh, she's in LA. <laughs> you know, we could be in a situation where we could be helping all these cover bands uh, come together, uh, etc. Yes. There, maybe we could do that. We could be their managers, be. Uh, it's it's funny, isn't it, that they're recruiting? I mean, it's really good because live music has really taken a big hit over this COVID, um, that not been able to perform, and like you say, the roadies and everyone, and everyone's still. I mean, even Midnight Oil, they had to cancel the again the other night didn't they i didn't know if they did or not yeah what happened? i think someone would i think one of the guitarists wasn't well yeah well I, I, we did mention the other week that in the same town that foo fighters were playing here in uh mm. victoria in geelong they're sort of semi-regional area and uh, uh along with midnight oil the next night i believe so yeah look it's uh, it's an industry really worldwide that uh hasn't quite been as acknowledged you know the entertainment industry and um, yeah. And anyone who has uh, suffered, you know, being a, an artist or a touring act or especially artists who don't, you know, who can't rely on CD sales or streaming as much, you know, maybe they yeah. don't have recording contracts. Uh, it is a significant thing. Yeah. 
So go out, everybody, and go and see your local NXS tribute band. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, in news also, Dua Lipa, the lady who uh, sampled Need You Tonight for one of her big hits, uh, is actually lucky she did that, be because she's been uh, sued at the moment uh, for uh, one of her songs. Yeah, there's, uh, I think there's two lo- uh, lawsuits over her song, Levitating. I, I had to laugh one of these songs that the, that the songwriters who were accusing Dua Lipa was a 1979 disco track called Wiggle and Giggle All Night. Sounds like my sort of one. Well, anytime you say the word wiggle, I, you know, Australian <laughs> band, kids band, the wiggles, it always makes you laugh a little bit. But uh, they basically hold uh, some copyright and they think it's been infringed. So uh, it's interesting. So just as well, Dua Lipa uh, saw her LinkedIn access and uh, paid them accordingly. That's sort of uh, a bit of a tie in there. This generation rules the nation. Also, too, uh, at this week of podcast going out, we can't uh, uh, deny it, but uh, Kerry Ann, a very valuable member of our behind-the-scenes team, looks after a lot of the patrons. Uh, it's her birthday this week, so we want to do a big sort of shout-out to her. Drop her a line, send her a message. She's uh, very valuable. Oh, she'd love that, yes. Yes. The Duchy. The Duchy, the Dutch connection. All right. Uh, but uh, also, too, uh, in a couple of days' time, it's also going to be Andrew Farris's birthday, too, B. Ooh. So he's a March baby. Yeah. yeah. So he'll be celebrating that over in America, I believe, where I think he's still at. With his... Is he still there? Okay. I assume so. I, assume so. Um, hmm. I haven't heard if he's back. Marlena would normally highlight it. And Andrew's uh, big on photos at the airport these days, so I haven't seen anything about him returning. <laughs> I'm going here? Yeah. I'm going there. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. But uh, uh, I guess, B, that's sort of the major key news of the week. We've got bigger fishes to fry today, but, uh, yeah, that's news of the week. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout-out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Hi, this is Ella from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to Inexcess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. We have a very interesting uh, guest today, the former president of the Manly Cricket Club. But it is rather with a little bit of sort of a sad time that we, this week, thinking and remembering Shane Warne and uh, Tim Farris joins us today, who is a great cricket fan, um, quite prone to getting a little seat in the players' change rooms in the 90s. And you probably have a history and a story or two about Shane? Oh, there's probably many. When I think, when you say that, a whole heap come to mind. He, I mean, he was he was amazing. I, there was one time um, we were at the Wacker ground. It was actually the day I guest commentated on the Channel 9 commentary team. I, I, I watched it, yes. I did, yes. <laughs> yes. And that was hilarious. Yes. Um, and we were playing South Africa. There's a million stories about that day, but one of them I remember was while South Africa were out batting, um, Shane Warren was obviously bowling and um, it was a one-day side. I remember, I think it was Jonty Rhodes, came up to me uh, because we were standing in the members' area there where the cricketers all mingled with us rock stars. Um, and he said, and he was watching him bowl and he goes, he's amazing, isn't he? 
you know, South African accent. And that was the sort of reverence these guys had to about this, you know, spectacular bowler, mm. cricketer. But, I mean, everything about Shane, um, people like to call him a larrikin and whatnot, but really, you know, he just spoke his mind and he was just honest with people and he didn't have a, a speech, you know. Um, <laughs> he just he just did what he believed in and, and you know, he really was amazing. And it, it's so sad, you know. I, I, it really breaks my heart. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard he, he died. I just, you know, I mean, it was really... I was really choked up, and um, I played around. I played around a golf with Shane, and we just talked about all kinds of stuff. You know how much he loved his kids, and just stuff, day to day stuff, you know. And and uh, you know, I remember I'm, I'm not just dropping names here, but I remember talking to Mick Jagger about Shane Warne. You know, he was in awe of him as well. You know, he, he got around Shane. You know, he really he he really did, and he treated everybody the same. Yeah. Um, that was the amazing thing, you know, um, one of the amazing things about him. The other was he was kind of a freak when it came to bowling. He, he, he was able to do things I don't think anybody else will ever probably be able to do again just because of his physicality. And I believe there are certain traits that from his growing up, I can't remember what it was exactly, but put him in his shoulder and the whole coordination of his bowling action and wrist spin into a whole different stratosphere of spin bowling. He mentioned in the commentary he had big hands that helped him too, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, if you ever see him, if you ever see a picture of him holding up the cricket ball at the end of the game when he gets five wickets, you just look at how small that ball looks in his hand. Yeah. Uh, mm, it's really interesting. So how did you first meet him? Sorry, Hayden. Um, well, we, we first met him, I think it was, I don't remember exactly, but... The Australian cricket team would often come to our shows when we were touring in, in say, England and, or Australia and and hang out and come, want to, you know, want to come backstage and whatnot. And that's a lot of people backstage, mm. um, aside from the regular backstage people. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's how I met Steve Wall, uh, you know, and, I mean, all the boys, Michael Slater, uh, Mark War, the War twins, you know. Um, you know, I've remained... Good friends with still and all the cricketers really. Glenn McGrath, yeah, the, the, the whole team. But you know, Shane, Shane was the, the sort of guy who's the only one who, when Michael invited them back to our hotel in London afterwards for drinks, Shane was the only one that came. And so he broke curfew and came to hang out and smoke and drink with us. Shane breaking curfew in the UK. I can't see that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think at the drop of the hat, to be honest. But, you know, then, having said that, I mean, those are the days when before people trained so, as hard as they do now and, and you know, smoking wasn't and drinking wasn't as looked down on us. It was the Benson and Hedges World Series. Yes. Was, were, the, were the one day matches. Yeah. I mean, forget about the sponsors, but I just think it's it's a crime and it's very sad that we don't have these one day internationals anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they, I used to look forward to them every year so much. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we uh, self indulgently texted the other week about uh, what test cricket and the one day stuff was, and uh, the 2020s mm-hmm. is a little bit, uh, bit like the McDonald's of uh, cricket, really. Um, exactly. It falls way short for me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, going back to a bit of a Halcyon era, you know, Shane could have quite comfortably sat uh, in World Series cricket with another legend in Rod Marsh who passed away the day before, who you would have known. 
Very much, yeah. Rob Marsh, my nan, and when I was a, I was a little boy growing up in Western Australia, in Perth, um, she used to take me to the Wacker, and I'd sit in the ladies' stand with her, and uh, Rob Marsh get a six, and, <laughs> and and it nearly cleaned up my nan, oh. <laughs> uh, which, which wouldn't have been that bad a thing, but. Oh. Is that where you, <laughs> is that where you got the inspiration for Six and Out, the uh, cover band? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that was before the, those boys' time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and, and, you know, he was a legendary West Australian. You know, he and Dennis Lilly were the, the you know, bold Lilly Court Marsh. That was, that, they were the dynamic duo then. And, and Rob Marsh, you know, was a, had a big part to do with the Cricket Academy, which, of course, yeah. Jamie did. Um, so, you know, they were mates. And it was what a week that was, you know. It just feels like at the moment, you know, whether it was the bushfires, then COVID, then floods and, you know, Ukraine and, you know, yeah. bloody people were having heart attacks. I mean, it's just – so it feels never ending at the moment. We, I think we just do it just good luck. Yeah, you know? I know, right? So – I don't know what that could be, you know. Like we, we were counting our blessings because the sun was out the last three days, you know. A quick little reference. I, I, I'm just picturing uh, Shane in the UK coming back, the only one to the hotel with Michael there. That's some real star power in one room, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that those, yeah, they often were um, because we'd, we'd stay in that that hotel and it was in Chelsea Harbour there and um, we stayed there a lot and usually for lengthy times. So there were, and there were other band. I remember Pink Floyd was staying there. It might've been about that time anyway. It was definitely in the nineties and they invited us to the show. And uh, only Johnny and I went actually to, to see the Division Bell tour at um, yeah. Earl's Court. Was it Pulse, uh, the live thing? Was it the Pulse thing or the Division Bell? Division Bell. Yeah. 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 And then we were told it was their last show ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it was incredible. And Johnny was in the toilet uh, when the plane crashed in the PA. Oh. <laughs> he came oh. back with two beers and went, you missed the plane, man. <laughs> was, that, was that sort of the part during the uh, the wall stuff? Because I saw Roger yeah, Ward. Yeah, well, the that was part tour. of it, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it was yeah. it was unbelievable, yeah. I'm like, it's a plane went across the tennis centre in Melbourne. Hey, no, it flew, yeah, flew across the audience. You know, yeah. Sort of Whoa. Buzzed the audience and hit yeah. the PA. And everything explodes. PA falls apart, and you know you're just like, "Oh, show oh. run!" You know, yeah, that's rock and roll. Top that last yeah. gig ever. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, uh, yeah. And yeah. I, look, I guess with you know with Shane, you know what's sort of been quite interesting. This work is just internationally, not only in the sort of the cricket and cricketing world, but. American all over the place. I mean, the amount of stories that have come out, I guess he sort of transcended uh, both cricket on and off the field, didn't he really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, he, he was kind of the last bad boy of cricket in a sense, you know. I mean, Michael Clark was a bit because, but really only because he had tats, you know. Um, <laughs> he wasn't really a bad boy. He was, he was more of a, uh, a sheep in wolf's clothing. <laughs> Shane became a bit like Teflon, didn't he? Like it was almost like he was crisis uh, Teflon and almost cancel culture Teflon. He he was so yeah. self-effacing and open and honest about his foibles, and you know he he, he got weathered it all. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. just sort of weathered it all, didn't he? Really? Yeah, but it did. I I believe, although at that time we had some great captains. Um, I know he and Tugger didn't really see eye to eye on a few things. No. Um, but he, 
I know he adored Tubby as a as a captain, but I personally think Shane would have been an amazing captain. But we were, we had a plethora of captains at the time, and he was just too naughty to be accepted as a captain. You know, I think uh, uh, Kerry O'Keefe, who who uh, uh, B doesn't know, but I think you and I would probably laugh at the thought of Kerry O'Keefe. Um, <laughs> He said, Chain would have made an excellent captain between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, that laugh you know, is, yeah. No, he, he just had a great cricket mind. I mean, yes. he really did. And and there was no, he had, the, he had the courage of conviction. I mean, when he really believed what he believed in. So like, there, was, there wouldn't be like a, a situation where he would captain and second guess himself. You know what um, I mean? He, he'd be like... No, this is what you're fucking doing. You know, yeah. Do you remember where you were in the 99 World Cup against South Africa, the semi final? Do you remember where you were watching it? Because it was such a significant no. performance by Shane, where when we were, I don't know, we got 209 or something and we chipped down and we bowled them out, but he just willed the side over with his passion and enthusiasm because they were about one for 50. And he just came on and just absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah I do remember that. That was great. But I don't remember where I was. Uh, no. Where were you, Hayden? I was in Perth. Ironically, the time I was living in Perth <laughs> and just up late at night watching. And it was such a, you know, it's by myself, <laughs> such an amazing sort of performance because we really yeah. were defending not a lot on a tiny ground. Mm. And uh, and look, the South Africans had a habit of choking against us. They never really beat us in anything significant. Shane had a way of getting under people's skin and turning games around. That's what he did. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes, and 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 that just just mystique about sort of the way he sort of went about it, and he, you know, even when he he had the shoulder operations, he almost psyched players out the last couple of years of his career as well as bowling them out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable, huh? That photo that you um, posted, Tim, that you sort of borrowed from Gary, we noticed that John wasn't in the picture, and we were going to ask you, did John actually take the photo? <laughs> Where was he? Where was John? <laughs> yeah. Um, I the pink no white concert. He's <laughs> yeah. on the toilets again. The pink white concert. He was out the back smoking a joint. Um, <laughs> I have no idea where John was, and it never occurred to me that, you know, why he was missing. Like you just, if there's someone missing, you just, it's say la vie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I do remember that photo, and it was taken in, on the Gold Coast, I think. I don't know why they. Oh, they might have. I don't know why they were, they were there, but obviously they'd been cricket played somewhere, and um, I don't know what we were doing there either. <laughs> well, now, what I, goes on at the then the Gold Coast stays on the Gold Coast, doesn't it? Something like that. But obviously, we obviously we played because it was backstage, so. Now, let's finish with a quick little cricket anecdote. Now, Tim, you got a mission to make. Uh, one of the most famous one-day internationals ever played in Australia where Michael Bevan hit the winning runs. Yeah. I've got a rumour that I heard that you might have left the uh, the ground with about 10 minutes to go with your son. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. And he reminds me about it all the time. <laughs> I, you know, look, I, I couldn't see Australia winning. I was sitting there, you know, and I said, Jake, Mate, look, if we go now, we can get out of the car park really easy because it doesn't look like everybody else is going, which should, should have struck a chord. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it didn't, honestly, it didn't. I didn't, couldn't see Australia winning at that point. And then we had it on the car radio and we were listening to it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> well, we, we were, uh, I think, about six for 38. 
and we were chasing about 190 down and we had Bevan and Rifle and and we were nowhere near it. And then just suddenly, well, gradually, we eased, eased back into it and uh, one ball to go, Michael Bevan did the job and you were heading up Parramatta Road or something, is that right? No, by that stage, I would have been over the Harbour Bridge, you know. Oh, okay. In fact, I think we are on the Harbour Bridge when I heard him hit the winning runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Great, great. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we'll let you get back to it. Uh, thoughts out with you with all the floods, and I guess I'm Thanks, sure we got Wales there. You probably got a parting message with everyone else who's experiencing because we have a lot of listeners from New South Wales. So we uh, we are thinking of you and everyone there, and um, and Queensland yeah. as well. Look, we uh, had a real scare that without the water came up to within a foot of our floor at our door. Um, parts of my my property was flooded, but when you see the kind of footage yeah. of the people that really were flooded, oh gosh, yeah. my heart goes out to them. So yeah, you know, my my full sympathies and and uh, and thoughts are with those people. It must be terrible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, look again, thanks for getting on to talk about Shane. Uh, is there any, any last parting words you want to say uh, regarding Shane on the way um, out? Oh yeah, just. God rest his soul, and um, and I, I think maybe he might catch up with some friends, like-minded people up there. Yes, yeah, he, you know, yeah, he'll be sorely missed. Um, yeah, life's too short. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for jumping on at such a spontaneous time, and uh, we wish you good cheer. Thank you. All, right. All the best, you guys, and keep it up. I love what you're doing. All right, thank you. Thank you for everything. Bye. Bye. Right. Ciao. Bye. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Well done, Hayden and B. You've made my brothers and I very proud of what you've achieved so far. A big hello to all your listeners and NXS fans. Well, some lovely words there by Tim regarding Shane Warne. Obviously, they had a, a very strong bond. And as we sort of sit here on the podcast, we want to celebrate Shane today. And uh, uh, we're going to do a couple of interesting things today, B, as we sort of remember him as uh, a great icon of Australian sports and, and entertainment. But uh, uh, we're going to play some music to educate those who don't know much about him and celebrate those who know know a lot about him with some songs today that sort of tie in the story of Shane Warne. So before we do that, though, I thought, you know, it'd be great just for the listeners who really are hurting at the moment and know a lot about his uh, life and those who are keen to know a bit more, we could just share a few sort of uh, backdrop stories about him and just his his background and what he's sort of achieved. So can I get a bit statsy with you, B? Oh, absolutely. You go All right. ahead, mate. All right. And look, Mark Opus, he's a massive cricket fan, so he'd be hurting as well today and this week, I assume, as well. So uh, shout out to you, Mark. Shine a star. Keith Warren, an Aussie middle name if you could ever have one, uh, was uh, born in Melbourne in 1969, uh, sadly passed away at 52 the other day on March the 4th, took 708 wickets for Australia. Now, for our American fans who don't know what wickets are, it's probably like in baseball, you know, striking out a batsman, you know, three times or something like that in a uh, equals one wicket. But Shane uh, basically bowled a ball out of the back of his hand, okay? And that's called leg spin where it bounces on a pitch and turns left uh, uh, and it fizzes in the air. But he had this ability to do the same delivery and allow it to hit the wicket and it would bounce right 
And then he had another ball which he could bowl and it, the batsman thought it was going to go left, it was going to go right, but it went straight ahead. And that was mm-hmm. called the flipper, okay? <laughs> uh, so effectively in spin bowling, he could actually flick this ball out of the back of his hand and hit the, the pitch and it would either go left or right or straight ahead and the batsmen who were facing it had to be very, very studious and very adept at picking the the rhythm of the hand movement as to which way it was going to go. So, again, a, a bit like baseball where they had curveballs and slow balls mm-hmm. and spitballs and things, there are a, a few parallels. The art of leg spin bowling, though, that uh, Shane participated in was uh, a feat in cricket that was always very, very difficult to try and uh, learn, uh, very, very difficult to try uh, and achieve. And what was interesting was everyone thought that he would inspire a nation of hundreds of thousands of kids to take it up and do it. And and he actually did, but it's yeah. such a hard task, not you know, in the absence of one or two, no one's ever come close to emulating his achievements. So the skill and the degree of difficulty was very, very difficult. In terms of his career, he debuted around 1991 and, and retired in 2007. Uh, was not without controversy in his life. I think the thing for Shane that those uh, who all either knew him through the media or knew him, uh, you know, personally, he was what you would call a flawed genius, B. Yes. Now, I'm going to bow to you. Let's let's talk a <laughs> bit about off-field. For the ladies out there, Shane was a little bit of a ladies' man. Is that fair to say? I would say so, yeah. He was a, a larrikin and, yes. and some would say a bit of a rat bag. Yes. But he was a lovable rat bag and a lovable larrikin. Yes, and here's the funny thing. Adorable. <laughs> in this world of council culture where you make mistakes and things like that, Shane was made of Teflon B oh. because Shane has made that many mistakes on and off the field yes. that it would have knocked over a lesser person. But because he, I think, B, was so open about his flaws and mistakes and and owned them and admitted them and, 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 yeah. and then tried to redeem himself until the next one came along, he he was very loved because he was yeah. he was like this superstar icon ability, but so accessible to the average man. And here in Australia yeah. this week, we've just had tribute after tribute on the radio. People ring in every radio show, show anything with feedback. People are ringing in. Oh yeah, you know, I, I remember Shane. You know, he came uh, and sat down the back in cattle class or coach in America, as you call it, or or economy in Australia. Uh, even though he was in first class, but hung out with us. You know, on a twenty-hour flight to England. You know, because we got chatting at the airport. He came and hung out for half the flight. Things like yeah. things like that. Yeah, I watched a I watched a documentary of him actually talking about it all, and he says that the public actually ended up forgiving him quite a lot because he was a normal guy Correct. at the end of the day, and he owned it. I messed up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, tell you more. No, later, but well, yeah. well you, you did prick up on a certain point through some three months ago on Amazon. A documentary movie has come out called Shane. And mm-hmm. I mean this. I mean this documentary has gone global. It's been massive around the world, particularly in the cricketing nation countries. But um, just to give you an idea, the people who actually come onto this particular doco uh, are Chris Martin from Coldplay, who uh, will come up a bit later in our episode. Yeah. There's, there's a there's a famous little anecdote. Shane was saying that you know Chris is in his top five friends, and Chris was visiting Melbourne uh, a couple of years ago, and he asked Shane in the car, "Hey, hey, have you got a Christmas tree up yet?" And Shane's like, "No." <laughs> 
And then she, and Chris was like, okay, come on, sorry, come on, come on, Shane, grab the kids, let's just go down to the supermarket, or let's get up a tree. And Chris Martin from Coldplay yeah. got the tree and went to the supermarket with him or the shopping centre, got the tree, went home, decorated it all, and all the kids were there. And, you know, like, like you know, he, Shane hung in high places with uh, very, very famous people. It was like a book bloke, oh, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and something else I read, which I really think so as well, is that he gave life a good crack. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'd be up for anything. Well, look. I, I love people like that. Look, hopefully, you know, after the shock and everything, you know, and, you know, shout out to his family and friends and everything mm. there, but especially the kids. But, you know, hopefully mm. over time, you know, we get to that chance where pain sort of dissipates and then, you know, 52 years of a life. I mean, he lived 104 years in 52, like Michael did as well in his, you know, in mm. his period. But, you know, Ed Sheeran was, is a very close friend of, of Shane's. And, I mean, Shane was engaged to Liz Hurley now, you know, in Hollywood terms. Yeah. Liz Hurley's a pretty global superstar. I know. Nearly got married, yeah, didn't absolutely, they? absolutely. Mm. Um, uh, Shane appeared on a very famous Australian sitcom called Kath and Kim, yeah. um, you know, and there's a great you episode. Know that story? I don't know the story. He actually... Yeah, he actually played him. He played himself, him, obviously. Yeah, with, I saw the episode with uh, with Sharon. But he was, yeah, yeah, he was playing somebody who was impersonating himself. But it was him. Yes, it was very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hilarious. The lady on that yeah. show, Magda Sabansky, uh, she came out in the news yesterday. Goes, listen, for a gay for a gay woman here in Australia, even Shane had had my sort of. Uh, my, yeah. my my nether region sort of uh, in overdrive. Like she, he, was, he charmed the hell out of her. Yeah, she posted a few photos on her Instagram of, yeah. of her in her wedding dress getting married to him Correct. and giving him a big snog. Correct. <laughs> and, look, Shane, you know, took up a gambling in, in a professional sense and poker and, and mm. won tournaments and went over to Las Vegas and things. Uh, and did very well. Can I talk about that? Actually? Yeah. The poker. Yeah. yeah. The poker was interesting in this documentary I was listening to or, or watching, and he was saying he likens it to how he used to. What what did they what did they call it when they take the piss out of each other and try and put you off? Oh, sl- sledging. Sledging. Yes. Yeah. And there's psychology. 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 Yeah. That. Yeah. That's it, that's it. And he said that, you know, getting into people's brains and he finds that the same way as um, working with or or playing and poker that, you know, he's trying to work out all these people that are playing. So he's got that wants to know people's personalities. Well, I think also when any athlete or even musician to that sort of degree comes off stage or comes off the field, they miss Mm -hmm. the adrenaline rush of competition. Yeah. And I think poker gave him that sort of particular sort of adrenaline rush again and that sense of competing because that yeah. was what he was fantastically on the field, a fantastic competitor. Mm-hmm. Now, Shane was sort of a, a very high-end client with Nike, uh, so much so that he was in the stable of, of Tiger Woods and Roger Federer and these guys with big contracts. And Roger Federer was in awe of uh, of Shane and, and, and Roger loved cricket, loved Adam Gilchrist uh, and loved um, – you know, Shane Warne and would often come to Australia and catch up with them. Uh, Tiger, you know, had been to cricket matches with Shane and and vice versa. And as a global superstar, you know, we do hope some of our Northern American listeners, you know, have probably heard the news over there. And you probably maybe heard the news and maybe not quite know who he is, but we do know it's been heavily reported there because of his global sort of reach and things. Look, over the journey, you know, Shane, you know, you're probably right, that lovable Larrikin, um, you know, he got banned for a year for taking a diuretic 
because he he wanted he was from his mom. No, well he, 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 he you know he blamed his mom. Well, he did. They said, "Oh, so what happened? Why did you take it?" Goes, "Oh, my mum gave it to me. I want to lose some weight, you know." And, and he wasn't really blaming his mum, but he effectively blamed his mum. But he did it in such a, a schoolboy way, you know. He uh, yeah, it was it was quite sort of oh, interesting, okay. but. And then yeah. he gave away, and then he was like in the uh, the late 90s without really knowing it, he gave pitch advice to a couple of bookmakers about the state of the pitch. And then that sort of influenced like a big betting thing. And and then he got to a press conference with him and his, his, his partner in crime, Mark Warren, said, oh, yeah, we were naive and stupid. <laughs> and the way he said it, he looked very naive and stupid. Um, but he overcame all of these things because he was great on the field. You know, and he was one of these rare sportsman athletes that with all the life distractions going off the field and all the, you know, the marriage breakup and all the different things going on, the field was his sanctuary to where he could perform. And yeah. like a lot of musicians who go around the world and tour and all sorts of stuff, when you get on stage, it's about those hours on stage in front of the fans that mm-hmm. the the professionalism of the musician has to come. And I think Shane epitomised that as a cricketer. <laughs> Do you know He's the entertainment reporter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was watching um, him talking about Shane and um, he said he wouldn't have called him a friend, but they had some sort of like business relationship that he would try and make sure that, you know, m- more for Shane's children that, you know, that the that the story was told correctly. Yeah. He said he's got thousands and thousands of text messages from him and literally had one one hour before... Shane passed right, away. Right. Okay. Mm. Well, look, you know, in his world where there's a lot of clickbait and a lot of false advertising and whatever, Shane never sort of went around uh, as a victim of the media. You know, he realised what the media was and he was quite media savvy. Um, mm. But I think the media also gave a lot out to him, but he, but they also, I think, appreciated his transparency. And that, that scenario just explained probably is why, you know, the media didn't do him any favours, but they also were quick to correct inaccuracies, I think, like that. You'll have to tell everybody about Mur- Murph. Murph Hughes? Uh, yeah, tell, tell them that story in a minute. But I think it was him that got Shane under his arm and said, mate, get rid of the Ferrari. You look like a... A wanker? <laughs> yes. And, and, and so he did. He got rid of it and he bought a Skoda or whatever it was. <laughs> and then... He went and bought another one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he got rid of the Ferrari and bought a Lamborghini. <laughs> well, yeah. So he went off and bought another Ferrari. So when he saw, I think it was Murph, and he's the mother, did you get rid of that bloody Ferrari? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We never told him he bought another one. <laughs> I can probably sum Shane up and just like, you know, we uh, we have sort of, uh, I guess, this expression in Australia called bogan. I think the equivalent of the UK is a, a chav. Yes. Shane was this lovable bogan, you know, slash... He was sort of, you know, and I say this very, very, you know, nice. He was sort of mutton dressed up as lamb, but but prime real estate lamb. You know what I mean? Like he 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 he's a guy who you know went from being this tubby little chubby guy from the suburbs to becoming sort of this slim down sort of Madame Tussauds. I've got a wax model of him. You know, like you know he's. He's climbed the, the the pantheon of the world. Yeah, that was when he met Liz, wasn't it? It was like he all his Botox yeah, done and his he hair did. and his highlights. But before, I mean, but he's got such a winning smile, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Like, exudes like all lots of energy. And I reckon being around, he's a very charismatic guy. He, he used to refer to uh, one of the players, I think it was uh, Bell, uh, Ian Bell from uh, the England cricket team around the mid-2000s, right? 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. He would sledge him, but he would sledge him 
him by calling him the Shermanator from American Pie because <laughs> he had red hair. You know, he he would just right. be. He, that's how silly and how down to earth he was. He called him the Shermanator, yeah. and and when he went on tour originally, and they would go out to these fancy restaurants. Shane would order Vegemite sandwiches or Vegemite on yes. toast. <laughs> and him. when he when he went to India and Pakistan the first time, he ordered in a case, a big case of baked beans because he hated fancy food, okay? And Shane, throughout his whole career, smoked, which for an international oh, athlete, he's been smoking his whole time. I never knew He's that. an absolute ah. smoker. And, look, without, wow. without being a, you know, doctor diagnosis it probably didn't help his heart but he he uh oh yeah he was a constant smoker 50 a day through his career so we think of roger federer and tiger woods all these guys none of them smoke but shane could somehow smoke 50 a day or 40 a day and perform at the highest level which i think also endeared him to the average ocker yeah yeah back to that sledging um he he had a guy god i wish i remembered his name and he he had he'd come back after four years or something so um shane was sort of like yeah yeah let's see how good you are you're not as good as you used to be and this guy was just taking it and taking it taking it and he turned around and says yeah but in four years you've become a fat (laughs) 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 one of the funny ones shane actually for about six months there he signed a uh, contract with uh, quit company which is a, an australian company aimed aiming to encourage people to quit smoking uh, and he got this big you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to to give up smoking you know he i think he did for a little bit but he was then sort of sitting in the change rooms having a cigarette uh, in new zealand uh, and it was al fresco sort of seating area there and there were these sort of young mm-hmm. teenagers down there kiwi kids Hey Shane, what are you on back on the cigarettes for? And you know, then he was sending f bombs to them while he was he was he was sparking up. Shane went on a celebrity get me out of here, that jungle show, get me out of here. Oh yeah, and they had to set up a, sp- a specific smoking area for Shane because uh, oh. you know that show's all about sacrifice and being in the jungle, or whatever. There, but Shane only would go on if he had his own separate smoking area. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is the type of character he was um, <laughs> that I think ultimately endeared himself uh, along the way but apart from that you know there's all this you know larger than life character you know did it he was absolutely in love with his kids he adored them he took them everywhere he went and I was also reading about um Liz Hurley's son Damien yes he is not he's 19 now and he's paid tribute to Warney and said he was such an amazing father figure yeah so lovely, yeah. yeah. And I think you know, for, for Shane, you know, he um, just sort of like epitomised relatability. I think one of the things about when people hit what I call diva levels, like I, I see people like Mariah Carey want to throw up, uh, not because she's not attractive or anything like that, but you hear about the diva demands. You know, you hear about mm. you know these the, the so-called superstars who treat their entourage terribly and act like they're on another level and planet. Well, Shane was probably worth a similar amount to these people, but hang out with the everyday man. He could mix with the the, the high end of town, uh, the average punter down the road. I think that is a charm and a, a thing that everyone's missing and something mm. that will be hard to forget because I think that was his his great claim. He, he, he was on the, you know, on a sporting landscape achievement and, megastar level he was he was on cloud nine you know but he had the ability to hang out with the rank and file person and just be the everyday guy and i've heard 150 phone calls into radio stations this week or onto tv shows of people you know mentioning little stories you know gener- stories of generosity stories of you know mm. helping people stories of just talking to people like 
there was a there was a guy in the radio today said that I was having a net, which is a version of him and a, a guy and a, another guy bowling in the cricket nets practicing. And there's Lamborghini or Ferrari pulls up and Shane gets out and goes, hey, guys, can I have a bowl with you? He gets out yeah. his Ferrari and plays cricket with them for an hour. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, cool. Ma- imagine that. You're just down your local area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean. I think I would have been star- starstruck if I'd have met him. Yeah. Well, I think his ability to calm people down to be the mm. every, everyday person was, was, was pretty high. And, yeah, so, look. You know, we you know we do think you know somebody listens so far, allowing allowing us to indulge a little bit, but yeah. um, we are in an excess podcast. What we thought we could do today a little bit is play a group of in excess songs. You know, that probably sum up Shane. We've got ten to twelve songs where we're get, we're going to play these a little bit and relate them a little bit into Shane. You know, just as our way of sort of remembering him because Shane loved music and, you know, Shane was, you know, part of that era when NXS were at its peak and uh, I know he had a lot of love for the band and, and the band equally had a lot of love for him. So I thought, B, we will celebrate and educate in song. Uh, many of our listeners will be able to relate these songs very easily to Shane and then some will help educate you why they relate to Shane. So uh, we'll take it away, B. Sun, a, a lady's been in Australia for over 20 years. We're a pretty hot place. Cricket's played in a hot place. And Shane definitely melted in the sun a few times under the under the yeah. hot, hot, hot conditions. But a little anecdote there about the sun and things. Shane refused to wear the famous baggy green cap uh, for a lot of his career. He liked to wear the brim cap uh, or the brim, brim hat. Like was the Greek chapel mm. hat that uh, uh, he was one who never really got a lot of, I think, you know, sun cancers and sunscreen issues and things. But uh, all right, the second one, B, this is going to be quite funny. Take it away. Well, that was I sent a message. Now, if you Google the word Shane Warren and mobile phone, <laughs> Shane's got a, into a bit of trouble in his life with text messaging when mobile phones came into the world. They they were certainly uh, started around the, uh, I guess, halfway through his career. But when phones got cameras and things and texting things, he got in a bit of trouble, <laughs> B. Now, now, your newspapers in the UK were part of this. He was on a lot of page three pages with some scant- yes. scantily clad women in his time, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, like we said, he wanted to try it all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I was putting these songs together, I thought send a message. That's Pro- brilliant. Probably had a tie in there. All right. We'll do a quick little trifecta of songs here. So we'll put these ones on next beat. Take it away.
All right, Bertie, this is this is for the nerd cricket fans out there. We heard the swing mm-hmm. there. We heard back online. We heard tight. Uh, three in excess songs there. Well, they'd probably relate a little bit to the art of bowling a cricket ball. Uh, the swing or drift of the ball was something that uh, Shane did very, very well where we'd drift in the air and, and hit the ground. Back online, well, he was very accurate in terms of his bowling. He had a, a, an art form that was always very difficult to bowl accurately, and he did that fantastically. And in terms of tight, well, sometimes in cricket, you've got to try reduce runs and get wickets, and he did that fantastically. So I thought that was a nice little ode to his artistry, B. Very clever. Well done. Okay, what we got next? All right, played away. There was no vanilla middle ground for Shane. No. Good and bad times. Mm-hmm. He, there, there was a lot more good than bad. Yes. But he sort of negotiated the bad with grace and with uh, humility and, and self-effacingness uh, and the good times. Well, you know what? Uh, there are famous footage of him probably over-celebrating, B. Uh, some of our <laughs> in, in English listeners won't like the footage of him at Lords with a wicket uh, stump up mm. of his head doing the swivel dance and things. Uh, <laughs> he was a great celebrator, but he loved to have a great time. He was more glass half full than half empty, yeah. but he did endure a little bit. And ultimately, you know, the other day had his worst time. I guess good and bad times. He was a guy of polar extremes and experiences, uh, but I don't think he'd have it any other way. What was that then? All right. Well, there is a famous delivery, which is another expression for bowling a ball. In 1993, Shane, known uh, known at its time as the ball of the century, okay, uh and the, the, the Gatting ball. So we'll take it away with the commentary here for a moment just to elaborate. Shane Keith Warne would finish his career with a record 708 test wickets. Yet he came to be defined by his very first delivery on English soil in 1993. Forever known as the ball of the century. First ball in test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. He asked Kenny Palmer on the way out. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod, and that's all it needed. Well, that has turned about two and a half feet. Gatting can't believe his eyes. Gatting, one of the better players of spin bowling in the world. Ball pitches well outside leg stump and 80. And all of a sudden, even after one delivery, orders changing the field. Look at that ball. He's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Oh, 
didn't really get a good look at it and had, didn't really have a, an initial appreciation of how good it was until way later. Uh, once we saw the replay. I mean, out in the ground, Warney's first ball, you beauty, you know, one for none. Thanks for coming. But then the boys started to talk, you know, particularly Ian Healy behind the, uh, the wickets as the keeper, sort of saying, oh, AB, that was, that was seriously good delivery. He just swung enough to bring Gat towards it just enough. His front foot didn't move out just enough. His bat was just a bit slow. It spun just enough to hit just the top of the off stump. So the very first ball that Shane bowled in England, it pitched uh, without getting too technical on one side of the pitch and then veered and bounced and almost went left, directly left diagonal, whatever, and hit the wicket. And the batsman's face has, it's it's a bit like, it's a bit <laughs> like he's still perplexed 29 years later of what happened. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, yeah. and he walks off shaking his head. And the commentary by our own Richie Benno was legendary at the time. Um, it was, uh, so, you know, he was the new sensation. He got to England and everyone yeah. heard, thought he was overrated, this guy from down under. But it was like, welcome to England, Shane Warne, and welcome to 10 more years, probably yes. 14 more years of absolute tyranny as he bamboozled England for the yeah. next 14 years. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next one, B. I like this one. Wow. Imagine so. God, he loved his alcohol, and I, yeah. I didn't know about his smoking. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and women. <laughs> yeah, and he had a bar. He called Bar Twenty Three. I mean, Twenty Three was synonymous, I think, with uh, I think Michael Jordan's number and some of the famous mm. athletes around the world. Uh, and here's an interesting thing: he wasn't a big drinker, and he didn't take drugs. So I want to really get that across to everybody. I mean, he liked the odd vodka and Red Bull, but he 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 wasn't a big drinker, you know, for those around him. But he loved a great time. Uh, and, yeah. again, it's probably a tribute that you didn't need external sort of stimuli to have internal stimuli, you know? So uh, wildlife, definitely applicable. All right, next one I love you, B. Take it away. change there. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying there was a six-month period there where Shane came back from England with Liz Hurley and he looked a bit plastic. <laughs> he did change for six months, but I think uh, yes. he, he tried to and he realised I'm Shane Moore and I don't change. No, <laughs> no. It didn't suit him, did it? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen famously uh, went from New Jersey to the Hollywood Hills. He had a very famous song called 57 Channels and Nothing On. And uh, a lot of Bruce's fans didn't like Bruce moving to California. Like, I think Shane was about going to England for a bit, but I think Shane uh, maybe was looking to change a bit and realised, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Shane Keith Warren, I can't change. Uh, and <laughs> that, that song is very applicable uh, to him staying true to himself. All right, what else you got? All right, next one, B. Uh, great song. You can add to this. We'll take it away. What's up? 
day. Yeah. He, he was eternally young. Shane? Shane uh, had the, the schoolyard. Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, he had the, the, the schoolyard sort of freshness and sensibility. So even when he commentated, he could be commentating and then talking about having fish and chips for dinner, you know. <laughs> like he, 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 he just would go down to certain pathways. It's found some of the... Some of the listeners got to be frustrated sometimes because be, <laughs> it's sidetracked on tangents about the most basic things. But that sort of affability and relatability, I think, still was it had a charm to it. Oh, that's um, very cute. And, and I guess, I, I guess the only, 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 only redeeming thing about someone who passes away a bit too young is they'll always be remembered for being young. Like yeah. Michael, Michael is still remembered, you know, you know, for being a thirty-seven-year-old mm. Michael Hutchins and. You know, James mm. Dean and, you know, Janis mm. Joplin and, you know. Um, Marilyn. Marilyn, all these people, they're, they're remembered visually in their prime. And, mm. you know, Shane was definitely attentive to his his appearance. Shane hilariously uh, had hair transplants yeah. and was proud of them. And, and a friend of my father's, an acquaintance, uh, is a guy called Carl Howe who set up advanced studios, hair studios. And I know Carl through his association with uh, our football club, Collingwood, here in Melbourne. But Shane was his biggest client, and uh, that led to, to you know Graham Gooch and Michael Vaughan oh. and some of the English guys all becoming part of the advanced hair team. Okay. But Shane, yeah, Shane would get away with a hair, hair, a hair hat, as we'd call it. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. I remember him on the adverts now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and these ads are like advanced hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well. but but Shane again didn't care that you know he was wearing one. He was no. proud of it, you know. So yeah, he was always youthful and retaining a sense of Owned staying it. young, staying yeah. young. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right, only three to go. Three to go, B. This one's a bit sad, though. I know, I know. We'll bring it down a notch for this one. Jam-packed 102 years into that life, but still 52 is 30 years too young these days, isn't it, B? Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Okay, next one, B. We've got two to go here. Um, uh, I think Dr. Jim will like this one. thing about this song i'm just a man it took michael you know 20 years to be as truthful and downright honest in a lyric as so raw as this one and mm-hmm. 
you know, the verses and the lyrics in this that Michael came up with are related to his life and his brother and his sister and his father and mother and how it was mm-hmm. weaved into a narrative is just still compelling, worthy of its own episode, which Dr. Jim would be very happy about. But in terms of Shane, it, it, it has a, a parallel there. You know, Shane, I'm just a bloke. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I attained yeah. attained all this level of notoriety and 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 and, mm-hmm. and, and success, but I'm just a bloke. Uh, I love my family. I love my life. I love my mates, and yeah. I, I was able to bowl a ball and really I well. And I mess up now and again. Correct. And yeah. Yeah, and I'm a flawed genius, and you know that's who I am. And you either like me yeah. or you don't, but I'm comfortable in my skin. Good on him. All right, uh, and the last one to take it out, B, we'll bring it up a notch to the end. This one I thought was really appropriate to go out on as a song that uh, probably sums up Shane to the the greater brethren and and society. Take this one away. Australia is in deep mourning for this man. He really is the loved one. And again, you know, we're fortunate enough to live in a global world now with uh, electronic media coming through all our devices and platforms. But, you know, this is, you know, hit India, hit, uh, you know, the UK, it's hit all around the world. But the amount of uh, footage and articles and things being uh, sort of paid to it, uh, it is global. But he, he was a loved one. Um, he able to get to high places of society, meet some very high-ranking individuals and, People like Piers Morgan were a friend and, you know, people, as I said, like Tiger Woods and Roger Federer and some of these people. But it's interesting, he was on holidays with four people when he passed and they were four people no one really knew their names. They were just buddies and mates. You know, there was no superstars with him. There were rank and file people with him. I think the producer of the doco was with him. But, you know, he had a a wide, you know, spectrum of friends uh, at all levels uh, and never forgot who who he was and where he came from. And I think the loved one is is a fitting sort of epitaph to... How we all feel about him. Rest in peace, mate. Yeah, absolutely. This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. This is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maiti from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. Great episode, and I'm so glad that we shifted our gears around to actually do something for Shane. Well done, mate. Thank you. Yeah, look, they, they, I, I got reminded by you and also reminded by a friend in the last 24 hours. Um, uh, there was a musical called Shane the Musical here in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I reckon it was about maybe nine, ten years ago. I took my father along to it, and uh, it's it's a guy called Eddie Perfect. Um, is the guy who he's great he, he is and that's his he? real name Eddie Perfect yeah he's yeah he's been very successful on Broadway writing songs for some of the big Broadway shows he's been on mm-hmm. shows like the Offspring here in Australia and various that's things right but yeah. my uh, little childhood sweetheart friend from kindergarten and primary school Rebecca um, she's best friends with Eddie's wife and they had Christmas together and um, I I had dinner with Rebecca the other night on Thursday and I said to her oh, we were talking about Shane Warne and we we're talking about the music I said have you got any footage 
uh, of, of that. I'd love to buy it. This is this is the night before he passed. And no. anyway, yeah, so she sent me some footage of the music because I, I said, I remember the show. My dad and I, we laughed and, yeah. and the music was great. And it was, and Shane Warne went to it as a good sport. Yeah. He, he went to the musical on opening night. And sometimes mm-hmm. people, when it's satirical, they take it all personally and get precious. Yeah. Shane loved it. He loved it. Shane mm-hmm. loved it. He goes, good on you. I, I can take it on the chin, you know, because it was a send-up of all the good things and then all the controversial things and mm-hmm. the mobile phone and everything there. But Shane was a good sport, you know. He was. And uh, on and off the field. So, uh, yeah, um, we may have a few things we can add to our platforms with that over the next week or two. So I, I wish I'd been to see it. I think I – when what year was that? I'll go back and search. I've got to think. I've got a feeling it's around about 2010, 11, or something like that. But it oh, was, I thought it was earlier. Than look, that. it could have been. I have to go back and deep dive. But it uh, mm. it was a lot of fun. I remember seeing it uh, in yeah. Melbourne and really enjoyed it. All right, well, we'll shift gears a little bit. B, we've got a few little bit of housekeeping here. Um, big shout out to Genevieve, who's helped put our little uh, competition together. Boy, her excellent skills on um, oh, brilliant skills. Was, uh, she's done it on Twitter, or she done? I'm sorry, the Twitter I, girl. No, Genevieve is our graphic designer and she's right. produced it. And okay. then the rest of the marketing team have put it out onto all the different platforms. Yeah. But yes, she uh, she keeps just getting better with those. So yeah. that's for the competition. So I hope you've all got to see it. Yeah. I think the problem with videos on social media is they don't get seen as much, something to do with the algorithmy things. Right. Okay. Um, so a photo will get shared or seen much more than a video. Right. But this video is spectacular, guys. Yeah. You've got to see it. So get onto our Facebook page and go and seek it out or onto our Twitter. Sorry, quick one, quick one. With the words ooh, ooh, ooh. with the words spinning being the operative word today with Shane, the way that mm. spins around a little bit there, oh. Shane would be proud of. He would be. Yes, it yeah. was a good spin. She said it was quite technical to get the little spokes spinning around, but she yeah. did it. Well done, yeah. Genevieve. Fantastic. Okay, you were going to add a couple of things there, B. Yes, engagement. Um, we were talking about Twitter then. I've got a huge amount of friends on, on Twitter now. We just went clocked over something like there was another 30 40 new people um, uh, become friends with us on Twitter. So I want to say hello to you all. Yeah, really fantastic to, to meet you all. I want to say hello to everybody that I met on the Gold Coast as well. I think we've got a few new fans that are following <laughs> us from there. I have seen Gold Coast come up quite a lot. Um, I do apologise now if I said anything wrong. <laughs> my dancing and my singing. <laughs> and also um, big hello to Keisha, Kat and Hook. Okay. Now, Getting to the competition, which was what uh, Genevieve earlier had done the design on with Decadance, do you want to explain to listeners the two prizes or how people can qualify for that? Okay. Hayden, we've only got the one prize at this point. Oh, okay. The prize, the prize is the cassette tape of right. Decadance. Right. Now, it is in mint condition and it is first off the press. Not yeah. first off the press, but it's off the off the first original um, pressings that yeah, came yeah. out. So yeah. it's an original. It's in pristine condition and we're giving it away. Right. How we're giving it away is that you have to have listened from 93 all the way to 97 of all of the podcasts. They're only 30 minutes long each. If you want to, you can go all the way to the end and listen to the songs. Sorry, what are they? 93 to 97 episodes. 
episodes 93, 4, yep. 5, 6, and 7. Right. You have yep. to listen to all five. Yep. And at the very end, Hayden and I always play out with a, a play-out song. We want to know the title of the song and also the artist. Hayden, you need to give me all the answers, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that's um, already entered the competition. To In order to enter, you do have to be a patron and you have to be a, a silver and up which is ten dollars a month which what i mean what's that like two coffees a, a, a month for us so that two bad coffees a month yeah two bad coffees a month. Mm. um and i like a mochaccino which i hate coffee more expensive do you yeah. well i'll have here's what you have in do you know i've never had a, a cup of coffee one whole cup of coffee, coffee. I've got a tack of the bees. You don't need it though, yeah, do you, no. Mr. Motormouth? Correct. All right. <laughs> Me and coffee is a bad, bad combination. Um, anyway. I'd like to see it. I bet it'd be quite funny actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, how's the, uh, as I call them, fun packs or fan packs going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least you don't call it a funny pack. No, no, that's right. Different connotation in Australia than the UK, isn't it, and in America? But, yeah, uh, yeah. how's Mary going with the uh, fan packs? Well, they've gone very slow, and we would like like Mary has put a lot, a lot of effort into okay. these, and we've got a fair few left. Um, okay. So don't miss out on them because we might just pull them soon and there won't be any to give out. So, Well, admittedly, she, a lot of our listeners have got them, but we've obviously engaged with new people all the time and new well, patrons exactly, as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So please um, go onto our website and you can look at them under our vintage section. Um, they're there. Yeah, if just let us know how many you want and we can get them all sent to you. Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, a couple of little things, Bea. We're coming up to our 100th episode. But we have episode 99 next week and I thought I would let the listeners know the topic in advance. We're going to do an ode and a celebration of Canada next week. So Woo! for Matey and Vern and all of our Canadian uh, alumni, this is, uh, I guess, a, a homage to your country and what you've done for In Excess. And uh, as I've said, I think previously, I think Canada in the last sort of, well, you could call it trimester, but that's probably not the right word, in the last half of In Excess's career, Canada probably was the most successful singles chart, uh, you know, uh, country that in excess uh, had have, well, had success in. So we will explore that next when everything else Canadian uh, about in excess. Uh, we've got some JD Fortune links there. We've got them playing at the uh, Winter Olympics. We've got them, uh, I guess, uh, recording elegantly wasted there uh, with Bruce Fairbairn. Uh, so there's lots of Canadian links to in excess, which we will flesh out next week, B. Then, oh, I, I, then we have our 100th episode. Oh, I know. I, I actually went to um, Canada for four weeks when I was a kid. Oh, lovely. Very exciting. Yes, yeah. I've got family over there. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. And guess what they're called? You know that my 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 surname, uh, my maiden name was France. Yes. I've got family who are from Wales. Yes. Who live in Canada and their surname is Britain. Oh, <laughs> And if you tell me they live in Quebec, the French area, and speak French, I'm going to really laugh. <laughs> yeah. How funny, though. Yeah, funny, that's right. Um, all right, B. Well, uh, we're going to go with a little bit of uh, a tribute song today. It's going to be a little bit of a, a, a double-decker, okay? We're going to probably go out with a, uh, a theme of the word spin. So we've got... Four little tracks for maybe the first minute and a half we're going to put the word spin into. We won't be cute or coy about them. Uh, uh, there was a famous uh, song in about 85B called You Spin Me Around Like a Record, Baby Like oh, a Record. Oh, gosh. I, I loved him until he had all his 
Botox done. Yes, dead or alive. Uh, he's actually mm. dead now. Uh, Pete Is Bur- he? Pete Burns. Pete Burns. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, you spin me around is appropriate. We got spinning around from Kylie with an excess link there being uh, uh, the, the yes. former bow of uh, Michael. So spinning around. We've got Shirley Bassey. You mentioned Wales before, B. She yes. had a, a famous song called Spinning Wheel back in her mm-hmm. heyday. Uh, and there was a very famous uh, uh, miniseries in Australia in the late 80s, early 90s, about 1990, called Come In Spinner, which I thought was a very appropriate sort of song for Shane, uh, Come In Spinner, because that's what he was and things like that. And there is a little old old sort of folky song there as well. So we're going to play those four songs over a couple of minutes. But after that, B, we're going to go out with something relatively special. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that Shane was very good friends with Chris Martin from Coldplay. In 2016, a staff member, uh, a friend of mine at work uh, called Ruth, bought me a ticket to see Coldplay uh, in December for Christmas. I went to the concert, had a great time, and in the encore, Chris Martin decides to go to the audience and then get somebody up to play harmonica during a Coldplay song. Who was was the guy who was coming up to play harmonica? It was Shane Keith Warren. So, yeah. So That's we're going to play beautiful. a little bit of the live version of Shane Warne getting on stage with Chris Martin and Coldplay uh, as our uh, final song after those little sort of medleys there, B. But um, as you're tearing up a little bit, it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from B. Thank you, sweetheart. Sorry, got a little bit teary then. So I couldn't find that song that Hayden mentioned about um, coming spinner. And then Hayden sent me a song by Pearl Jam, which I thought was just a little bit too loud. Sorry, Hayden. So I'm going to go in with this one. Bye, everybody. I say I don't like cricket.
I see another person looking for a band. I see a person who used to be part of an amazing gang, amazing team, who's now just wandering Australia lost and lonely. And we want him to join our band. Shane, come on into our band, man. Come on, man. Let's bring Shane on. Let's get him back in the gang. Come on, Shane. On. Join our lost boy. Okay, as you know, Shane's looking for work. He's been on the boy for a while. Wait, wait. So Shane, you're, you're now unemployed and stuff, you're looking for a job. You're, today you want to audition to be part of a band, right? Yeah. I think this is the perfect place for an audition. I think everyone's on your side, it's your hometown. Let's give it a shot. So we'll finish your chorus, then you just bust out the harmonica and see what people think, okay? All right. <laughs> we That just shows you what a beautiful man he was, fun. Um, he's going to be a great loss to us all. I have happy tears right now and I'm sure I'm not alone. Bless you, Shane.